welcome to another astonishing, astounding, amazing, fantastical, wondrous episode of The Capeless Crusaders. I ran out of adjectives. Uncanny. Quickly. Dang it. That was a good one. I, pro- I probably should have I used thought that's what you were doing. uncanny, irredeemable, that one. Superior, indestructible. indestructible. Yeah. Dang it. Invincible. You're Invincible. Welcome. Angry. <laughs> the angry Ant-Man. I'm angry. Anyway, as I said, we are The Capeless Crusaders. I hadn't said that yet. Did you? I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll find out once we re-listen to this episode. So, as always, my name is David Barry, at DRBarry, on varying social medias. To my left, we have... Drew McClintic, at DrewJMC. Booyah! I knew that one. Did you? Boom. Memory. Okay. To my left, uh, we actually have a visitor for this episode. Guest. Hello. It's a Ooh. guest. It's a g- <laughs> it's, and it's a girl. It's a lady. Ooh. We let another girl into the. Uh, what do who, we have who, now? Who authorized is it a this? Mansion or it's a, it's a, it's a castle? Am I, it's a castle. It? I believe the word is She's a woman. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. No, we've we've Where had other is? women on the show. Yes. Not we've you. had one no. other. We've had a Kylie on the show. Ki- I wonder if she'll be offended by that. <laughs> she won't be. Anyway. She, anyway. How about she introduces herself? <laughs> hello, guest woman. Uh, hello, my name is Kimberly Davis at Kimberly Davis. <laughs> don't be, don't be upset. I don't, Do you yeah, have a, a Twitter say. or an Instagram or negative ghostwriter? That would be okay. rad so, if you didn't. So, so then those, that handle was just yeah. 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 So don't, don't follow that. Do you have a, a, a blog, a website, a, a Facebook? Facebook? A Facebook? I don't know the Snapchat? link to it. Well, if you're looking for me, you can find, find me you at around Kimberly town. Davis on Facebook. You got a MySpace? So okay. basically what you're saying is if we want to talk to you, we actually have to talk to you like real human beings? Yeah. Difficult. Yeah, that sounds strenuous. It happens. Speaking of talking, strenuous. <laughs> strenuous. Speaking of frustratingly strenuous individuals, sure. on the face, Tom, we have. Uh, this is Tall, Dark, Not Ugly on everything on everything. <laughs> but uh, that's classic. It is. And uh, on to my virtual or in your guys' reality left, <laughs> we have. Oh, my name is Justin Piper. Uh, so there was a Twitter snafu. Oh. And apparently my account got hacked, so Ooh, I am uh-oh. now no longer the Mad Piper uh, on everything on everything. What are you now? No, uh, that Mad Piper. That Mad Piper. I took a page from Kevin Smith's book. I like He's that. That Kevin Smith. I like, I'll be mm. that Mad Piper. So speaking of which, hey, um, Hydra. I don't know if you noticed, no one said guest Justin Piper. No one said oh shut. other individual Justin Piper because we are officially announcing that we have inducted another into our crusading uh, thing. <laughs> Capelessdom. Our Capelessdom. We are officially welcoming. I'm extra excited right now. Justin Piper into the Capeless Crusaders. He is the uh, John Stewart to Tom's Hal Jordan. Is he still on his probationary period? Um, or did he pass? Well, we're see, still hazing him. Yeah, we're still hazing okay. him. Um, he still needs to go it's to a Steve's plush. house. Can I be the Stephen Colbert to his John Stewart? Yeah, that works too. Sure. Okay. So uh, welcome, welcome, Justin. Does that mean your show's gonna end soon? And that's that. So, uh, take it away, Drew. What we were going to go around around the horn. We're going to go around the horn. So, for those of you listening in Southern California, specifically in the Los Angeles area, when we reference round the horn, we are suggesting (laughs) we are going to go around the table as if we are going around the horn, describing something, usually what we are reading. In this instance, we are going to go around the horn, stating our reactions and opinions about the Fantastic Four trailer that was released today. Thank you, Los Angeles. Time out. So, 
For all those who are new listeners, Around the Horn, this is our time for all of the Crusaders who are there at the time and we're recording to talk about what we've been reading for the past week or weeks. Isn't that what uh, David guess, just said? That's exactly what I just said, but I said it wait. very condescendingly. Exactly. So I wanted to say <laughs> it for all the new listeners who actually would like to, you know, like David Barry in the future, maybe. Um, this time we're actually going to be talking about a movie trailer that just came out today. You're making him angry. That's literally what I just said. Cool. I want to make him angry. You might like him when he's angry. <laughs> So we're gonna go. He's a little fluffier. We're gonna go around the horn. And we're gonna say what we uh, what we liked, what we didn't like, opinions, um, think thoughts about the future. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Yay, Drew! Because I'm indifferent Thank as you. always. <laughs> yep. Uh, thanks, Drew. Moving on. I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was different. The feel was different from different uh, from other superhero movies. Um, I didn't get a big sense of the Fantastic Four yet from them, um, so I'm eager to see more. I think it was classified as a teaser trailer. So we don't really understand everything that's going on, but it definitely felt different. I remember when teaser was like supposed to be like 15 seconds, maybe, and now it's like two minutes and 30 seconds teaser. But you don't get the story. I know. Yeah, it was. It was like 15 seconds, then you see like a red cape, and you're like, no, Superman, and then nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. Yeah. You didn't even get a name. Yep. Cool. Thanks, Drew. Yeah, you're welcome. That was that was concise. Hence. Your opinion was concise, Thank Tom. You. That's how you do it. That's how you do it, Tom. Mine's gonna be four. Mine's gonna be a four-minute teaser of my opinion. <laughs> we so. don't have that. Kind, we don't have that kind of time, Tom. Uh, up, up next, so who's next? Kim, because we're going around the horn. Um, around the table. I actually am really excited about the trailer. I was not a huge fan of the original Fantastic Four, um, although Jessica Alba, she's really, really hot. Mm. But um, <laughs> just putting it on the table as somebody who's semi-new to comic books, kind of the new, I never really follow the Fantastic Four, and I'm really, really, st- I was never a Trekkie before, but then they grabbed hold of Star Trek and revamped it, and then they also you know, revamped everything else. I know that a lot of comic book movies came out recently like um the guardians which was a little more on the comic side so this is kind of going back into the darker more serious side which i'm actually really excited about everything looks pretty cool all the sign all the scenes that they showed were really pretty so uh, from an artistic standpoint so that's why i'm excited about it pass tom Tom. your turn Um, tom okay tom can't hear us well can he talk Tom. All right, now I can hear you guys. Jesus, Tom. Go. It's your turn. You guys just look like mosaics. It's okay. So it's my turn. Um, so reading a lot about um, the production of Josh Banks' uh, interpretation and seeing the trailer or the teaser, I'm actually pretty interested in it because it instead of being like a very comic book movie look feel, um, it looks like it's going to be a side of a lot of jokes. It's going to be very serious. It's taking a very science fiction take for the you know story. Um, also, Josh Trank takes a lot of inspiration from the Ultimate Universe as well as David Cronenberg's The Fly. So I'm really interested to see it as a film, uh, more or less than a comic book movie. So that's my two cents. Concise. The Hashtag. filmic. I'm, I'm going to try to not bring up the fact that you just kind of downplayed our genre as not being films. I'm not going to bring that up. Nah. Go ahead, Piper. What do you think? It's like another uh, one of those funny book films. <laughs> um... So I haven't cartoons. been excited about this. Yes, cartoons. Uh, I haven't been excited about this since kind of minute one I've heard about it, and I am still not. Um, I did look at it, and I think I'm just kind of... Um, I'm maybe just done with the whole kind of revamping of origin stories from characters that have been done forever. I could be a heretic for saying this, but I, th- I think if they're going to do all these huge, like, big 
either changes in the universes or you know all these huge reboots and stuff like that just make new characters and make big new movies because a lot of these movies would be so solid if they had just a few changes like they stood on their own as a film instead of just like this is a fantastic four film it's like it's a horrible fantastic four film but make a great like superhero film if you just had these these other people and a different villain and maybe it's different that's how i feel i feel like we've seen like we've gone through the spectrum we've got We've got uncaring to interested to interested to pretty pessimistic, but at the same time, kind of just eh, like yeah. And then you've got me. What are we in for? <laughs> so first off, um, the thing is the wing pants, which I was just like, why, why the fuck is he wearing pants? Um, the here's my problem. Uh, the 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 preview itself. If I had read nothing from what any of the actors have said over the last couple months about how different this movie was going to be, about how much younger they are and how much better they are than everyone else in Hollywood right now, which is basically, even if you take it out of context or in context, they sound like douchebags. Sure. True that. Beyond all that, the, the trailer itself was visually interesting. You know, I, I like, I mean, it, it's kind of interesting that it appears to be they're on, they're on Earth, but then all of a sudden they're somewhere else, so that's how they're going to experience this transformation, whatever's going to happen. But just the little things, like Doctor Doom being a hacker... And Reed Richards working at a convenience store. I don't know about that. It's 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 just it's takes that like that kind of stuff to me. Like someone said, oh, they're trying to really stick to you know what Stan and what Kirby were doing, and I'm like, that's the exact opposite of what you're doing. Which I'm not saying you need to stick to Jack and Cur- to, to you know Stan and Kirby because that would be you know the '60s. Like that's the original. Like yeah, bring it into the modern time. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But. I, I felt like mainly from the pretentiousness of the actors, mm-hmm. I felt like that's almost like I don't want to give it a chance because I'm like, well, you guys are dicks. Like, you are not. I, I don't like what you're saying about other movies. Like, I don't like that you're. You know, you think that there's some kind of like, you know, repetitiveness to to what Marvel's been doing. Like, Marvel has a formula that's working wonderfully, and you're trying to go more the DC route of, you know, dark and no humor, which there's a reason it doesn't work. It's because it doesn't entertain as many people. However, I'll give it a shot. Because it's a comic book movie. Yeah, because it's a freaking comic book movie. Jesus Christ. I'm going to protest that actually I'm going to go the other direction until they put the thing in a kilt. There it is. Because <laughs> here, here's the thing. It, it is not me saying, oh, I thought that the, uh, the first two Fantastic Fours were great and I think they need to go back to that. I thought they were god awful. Right. I want them just to Galba. be they relaunched. I mean, sad. they were just, just horrendous. Yeah. But, you know, I... Moving on. Did you have a comment, Kim? You raised your hand. We don't do that here. Oh, well, I didn't want to <laughs> step just... on anybody's toes. No, you just grab oh, your that's straps what we do. where you can. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you can throw some gloves down or something. Okay, well, I guess my only argument to your argument would be that as you make movies of any literature, and it's always kind of heart-wrenching because you want them to be the characters that you grew up with, but um, it's kind of like artistic license. Which we definitely we have we have talked about in the past the way it's like give give the writers the ability to write what they want because it's just like if a writer wrote a different comic book about the Fantastic Four you wouldn't be like well this is so different from the original sure. you know alternate dimension different timeline that's all well and good um, yeah I, I agree I agree with the the artistic part of it but then back to your point at that point 
write a different story. Don't call it the Fantastic Four. To me, yeah. If you're going to make a movie about Gambit, and it's like, oh, but he doesn't do energy stuff, and he doesn't wear his uh, trench coat. He's not he's got Cajun. This other thing. He does fly, and he does kill Sentinel. But he's not Cajun. But he's not Cajun. Uh, and his name is not Remy LeBeau. It is instead. Oh, Steve. So it was just like, oh, I... I want to get that Bostaff on that damn song. Well, because I, I talked to a, a friend of mine, a friend of mine who is in the quote-unquote business, he talked about this kind of, this, this uh, phenomenon where people will write a movie and then Hollywood will see it and be like, oh, okay, we could change this, change this, put this character's name in there and slap a name on it and boom, it's G.I. Joe. Sure. But the writer's like, I wasn't writing a G.I. Joe movie. I was just writing an action movie that was going to be original. And they're like, mm-mm, mm-mm, we're you calling need, it G.I. Joe. You need a built-in audience. So it's kind of like that. Yeah. It's kind of like, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to watch this, we're going to put a four on everybody's chest and uh, it's a Fantastic Four now. We need to sell the toys. Sell them That's toys. I don't want to buy that thing toy where he's not wearing no pants. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Voila. What? Nothing. Okay. Go for it. It was French. It's French. Dude. You wouldn't understand, okay. heathen. Heathen. <laughs> Jeez. You philistine. Blasphemy. We're gonna move on to our, our topic. Uh, we our had another topic. reading reading assignment. Very concise. Reading we're assignment. Gonna, we're gonna try and do reading assignments now, so that people know that's a thing that we read comic that we books. Actually read. We don't just watch TV and not just Marvel or DC. We picked uh, we boom. picked an independent one this Yay. time. You're welcome. Or this is our second independent yeah. one. Yeah, it is. Because we did last time too. Six Gun Gorilla. Howdy. Griller. 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 So we read I Kill Giants by mm. Joe Kelly and art by J.M. Ken Nimura. <laughs> For some, I don't know why this he goes by J.M. Because on his other titles, he goes by Ken Nimura. Mm. I don't know what the J.M. is. Just me. Just me. Just, Just me, Ken me, Nimura. Ken Nimura. Uh, <laughs> it was released between 2008 and 2009 by Image Comics. Fun fact, it was, done, it was published by Image Comics, yeah. but it was actually done by Man of Action Entertainment and Man oh. of Action Entertainment Group. I love Man of Action. Yeah, so they've done... Ben 10. Ben 10. Oh, and they were also... They were on, X. Anyway, you watch way too many cartoons. Um, yeah, dude. They were also heavily involved in Big Hero 6. That's more my point, which I thought Whatever. was pretty cool. So yep. they, they had a lot to do with Big Hero 6, but Man of Action Studios, or Entertainment yeah, Studios, while they tend to do like TV and cartoons and movies, owned by Joe Kelly, who is a comic book writer. So, boom. I kill Giants. Boom. 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 Concise. Concise. Yes. Can you give us a concise summary of... Concise summary. Like, in a minute. Go. Okay. So, I Kill Giants focuses around a girl in the fifth grade who, as the title suggests, is a giant hunter of sorts. Um, she has... It says, I kill giants. Well, yeah, but she's, you know, she hunts them. She kills them. Okay. Um, she knows all this different lore them. about giants. She knows how to set traps and hunt them down and kill them. Um, and she also has a lot of... It seems like almost... Um, issues that aren't really dealt with until towards the end. We can't figure out why she lives in the basement and why she doesn't live in her room in her house. And those are all small details that aren't concise, so I'm going to skip over them. We'll, <laughs> we'll go into them deeper. Kim's, <laughs> Kim's excited. Yeah, no, I, I want to talk about it, but this is needed. Yeah, spoilers, statute of limitation. Basically, the story revolves around this girl. She finds a best friend who finally wants to listen to her, and she gets bullied, and I'm skipping over as much stuff as possible so I can actually get to the end. Basically... In the end, it is revealed that these giants might not actually be giants at all, but might all be figments of her imagination, which we'll discuss later on. But she does encounter, towards the end of the book, a titan, which is the strongest, most powerful type of giant that can't be killed, but she does manage to kill it. With Kovaleski. Yes, Thanos is a titan, but different type of titan. Whatever. He's anyway, from Titan. He's from Titan. He's, from he's Thanos of Titan, but he's the mad titan. Right. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so she does battle with a titan, um, destroys it, um, in the real world, everyone thinks it's a nor'easter. Um, in her world, it was a giant. She washes away in the ocean, comes back, 
um, having conquered some of her demons. I, if you can. She's Dorothy. Damn it. God damn it. Anyway, that's, that's true. I'm just thinking like that just kind of blew my mind. Um, but the I main do. thing, focus, focus. The end of, at the end of the story, Concise. It's, it's realized that this whole time, the reason she lives in the basement, the reason she's scared of going upstairs, one of the monsters in her life, it turns out she's not dealing with the fact that her mother is dying from cancer. Um, and she finally comes to terms with the fact that her mom is on her way out um, and spends the time that she needs to with her before she dies. Yeah, the feels are coming up. The feels, God. Yeah. There were so many feels. Um, right in and, there. Right in there. The, that book, though. And the story ends with her mother's passing and um, her, you know, going on to, to live her life, you know, happy, having, you know, come to terms and spending time with her mom in the end. And I'm trying really hard not to cry. Right. <laughs> Drew's leg is just Man like, tears. <laughs> I'm trying really hard not Kim's, to cry. Kim's not going to cry. She, you is, she's over there smiling. Oh man, I, 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 re, I really, I, I really, really, really fucking like this book. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, so does Ben from Empire. He's, yes. he's, this is his number one suggestion that I've heard him say to yeah. almost anybody that it's, walks in that store. Wow, super good. So, Kim, do you have something to say? No, I, I'm just. Did you raise your hand again? No. Are you, how are we you, do are you just excited about talking to it? <laughs> yes, I'm really excited yeah. about talking about so it. So let's start I with about it our favorite parts. I, br- I brushed over a lot of details, but that's yeah. fine. We'll go over our favorite parts. Kim, did you have a favorite part? Beside the whole thing. <laughs> Just go for it. Uh, I think one of my most favorite parts in the entire... Well, I don't know if it would be a graphic novella because it, there isn't multiple parts to it. As, wouldn't a comic okay. be like if you have multiple series of a... Take, take your English major hat off. Okay. That is... <laughs> no, keep it on. Keep it on. That is challenging. I know. Anyways, that's what, I, that's what I'm know, saying. I've never even thought about that hat off. <laughs> I just I just wanted to say that I, I thought the book was actually really concise as to why she was sleeping downstairs in the basement that actually was really clear and I think there are a lot of giants in her life that as she described you know um, there's different types of giants there were different definitely different types of struggles in her life um, one of my most favorite parts was uh, definitely when she was going through the day and everybody tried to talk to her about her giant, her main one, her mom. And every time uh, they mentioned it, you could, it, it scribbled out the words. Yeah. And I felt that that was so profound because it created the, um, the illusion of silence, in which is in your mind, you know, if it's kind of like a bomb going off, all you hear is the, you know, is that's created that yeah. in art, which Shell is shock, wonderful. Yeah. But um, again, my favorite one was when uh, she found herself at home after that bad day. And uh, she knew her friend had to go past the, the bad room, the bad part of the stairs. And um, you actually see a glimpse of the mother, or what she called it, the giant beast. Mm. Um, and she's actually, she's, it looks like she's on a torture bed. And it's all in scribbles and, you know, manic, depressive imagery and whatnot. But I, I thought that was really, really powerful. I think that was the most powerful part of the book for me. Um, was actually having to fight through that for her one friend that she had never had before, but she actually gained the courage to help her out and whatnot and um, see the mom, the image of the mom. I'm done. We can hear you smacking your lips, Tom. What the hell are you doing? Is it eating freaking noodles or what? I was making noodles, thank you very much. Um, but uh, I was like, mm, that was really good. Uh, okay. all, everything, all, everything, she, everything Kim was saying, was it was amazing. Well, thank you. <laughs> good answer, Tom. Now you go. Tom, what was your favorite part? Uh, so this is where, 
I yeah. can't. I can't. So nobody I'm gonna can. Have to, Thanks, Kim. I, I'm gonna have oh to exactly. <laughs> You're going <laughs> last worry. forever. Yeah. Everyone just has to top mine, which is really easy. Yes. Um, so reading this, uh, I have a lot of background in reading like anime and manga. So like the stylized, like the animation and the action was very. I felt very reminiscent of that. So jumping into this was very easy for me. So I mean, a lot for anyone that's new into reading comics or just you know picking up a graphic novel or you know however we want to novella, however we want to categorize them can uh, find a lot of enjoyment, especially if they've read any type of mangas or, like, gra big graphic novels, because just the animation is really easy to, like, get someone into. I mean, at first, I was kind of getting a little reminiscent of, like, Calvin Hobbes style, like, just the way that the faces were drawn. Yeah. So, like, it felt very, like, kiddish. So I was like, oh, okay, this is really easy to read. And then all of a sudden, the story drops. It just gets deeper and darker. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, what's happening to me? But um, other than that, like, the animation is, I mean, the... You know, the animation and the artwork is very great and that was kind of like really like the best conducive way for me to keep reading the story um i guess if i could pick one part um i always usually like the origins and them always explaining like what's going on in this universe so i like the way that she was building the giants and how they came from Ur. like there was like the sun of earth and the sky and then that was like the 20 mile giant and it ripped itself apart i really like that part it had some nordic feels to it Entirely, yeah. feels. sure. All the feels, all the Nordic feels. Emir, hundred percent, building the sky and everything. Yeah, his blood being the ocean. Emir's skull. Yeah, uh, there was a, there was Nordic feels. Yeah, there was. I mean, for God's sake, she had a hammer and she had a rune. I mean, it was kind of. It was. Blatant. <laughs> was that your last Tom? That was it. I'm gonna Concise? jump off of that with runes and stuff like that. Uh, I think one of my favorite parts is when she's off of. I guess you're Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, it felt like. In that time where she's making, you know, kind of the drawing the stuff and have like has the stuff on side of her uh, on the hammer just before the Titan, I think that was a little that reminded me of Calvin and Hobbes how he had his coping mechanisms inside of like it felt like she had this little field for magic even though she's just a little girl but she's got like she's like well no this is how you deal with it it's like she's already done this for however long she has for how whichever giant so she kind of knows uh, maybe not how to beat each one but at least how to tackle it like how to start. Um, and that kind of shows you the mind, I guess, of a child or as a, of a, was she an adolescent? Juvenile. Juvenile. Fifth grade. Yeah. Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Well, so wait, but as a child and how they deal, yeah. How because they deal with. Calvin yes. and Hobbes was entirely about, you know, yeah. <laughs> poor little Calvin, his yeah. little ADHD self or whatever. Um, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever issue he has. Yeah. His, his, All of his, issues. his uh, you know, yeah. So that was interesting. It just, it did give you a. A Calvin feel, but I thought that was the coolness. So my favorite part—it's at the end. Um, It's—I mean, it's—it's it's kind of deep, but at the same time, it's not kind of deep. It's just kind of a wrapping everything up. It's her walking around the house. She's turning out the lights. She's making sure everybody's tucked into bed, kind of assuming almost a motherly kind of role. Now that you know, and then she goes in, and I think I can't—I I can't really tell. I think it's she doesn't go into her room. She goes into her mom's room, and she's in the bed, and she's she's sniffing, but she's not like she's sad, but she's not like sad sad and then she looks out into the ocean and in front of the moon you just see the titan standing there and, and then she says we're all right i'm all right thank you and then he turns around and walks into the ocean and she's looks him and she's sniffs one more time wraps herself and she says we're gonna be all right and then she says we're stronger than we think uh, and i was just like Damn it! And by, like, and by sniffing, you mean smelling the bed sheets of her mother. Yeah, yeah. it's like she's, she's rubbing her eye, and it's like she's 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 kind of crying, but at the same time, it's like she's she's absorbing like that that part of her, and it's just and you know, and then the little pixies are flying around, who 
you know, most of them were killed early on in the book, oh, yeah. <laughs> which was gruesome. Because um, nobody believes in them anymore. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it was just it's and that and that ties back to because at the very very beginning of the book, yeah. it says you know it's. <laughs> I know I keep I keep touching my iPad and it keeps it's reverberating. Just bookmark, the man. I know I should have friggin' bookmarked it. You have new homework. There's so much sketches at the bookmark end of this book. Bookmark your shit, Barry. Oh. Back to first page. <sighs> there it is. At the very beginning, it shows the whole cast <laughs> of the of the book, and it says, "Those fighting their own giants are stronger than you think." Oh, yeah. And it's just like that's so. It's that's so damn. good. That's a damn well done so book. Like you don't even have to like look into like there's there's really like you two being like literary expertise. Like you guys could not tear it apart in a bad way, but like tear it apart down to like these like elements that are extremely you know, deep and meaningful and important, but at the same time, someone could just read this and just be like, this is, I can relate to this because I've gone through hard things in my life. Like, Fair. it's really easy. Well, of course, Jamie, of course, couldn't relate to it because it involved Superman, but that was his only <laughs> But Superman is strong. No, but Superman, you He know, can lift a building. He's perfect. But uh, he is a giant. Yeah, but... Um, but that's a beautiful thing about literature is, you know, it's it's like any piece of art, there's always the top picture, but you can read in as deep as you want. There's right. always something between the lines. There are multiple stories, one story, however you see it, wherever you are in your life. That's why it's... It's subjective to yeah. the reader a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like I could give this to anybody, like anybody at all. Like there, there are books that, you know, I, I wouldn't give to some people. I mean, I mean, maybe above, let's keep it above five years old. No, no, I would give to five years old. All right. Yeah. Fair my, enough. Mike, I'm reading this to my kids in their cribs. That's fine. You have kids? No. And cribs? No. Oh. I have a crib. It's Damn my it. house. Yeah. What's the next segment? <laughs> well, Drew, didn't, you didn't give your opinion. What was your favorite part? My favorite part was when she uh, is having the conversation with the Titan. Uh, and he's explaining why he's there, which is, I Instagrammed it. And it, the last thing is where she's busting out of the water. And it's the Titan saying, you're stronger than you think. Um, and I thought it was just one of those moments. I didn't read too deep into it because I'm not a literary person kind of person you don't have to be right but it's it's showing that no matter what you're going through you can be strong you can find your way to do it she found her way to do it and she was able to overcome everything and it's like she needed that obstacle in her life which the titan was there to show her and now she knows she can accomplish whatever she needs to in the future yeah so it's not an ultimately depressing story i mean it ends in a sort of triumph which is cool as the triumph of the human spirit i guess but that it can happen for somebody so young mm-hmm. um, after something that gets so heavy, which is really cool. Man, it just it makes your heart heavy, though, when you're reading it. Like It was, yeah. We were. I have to share it because we've shared it all the time. I was reading it in public when yeah. I finally finished it, and I was if I was not in public, I'm sure I would have shed a tear or something, and I was... One tear. One tear, just one. <laughs> sure. That's all I was going to give it. He's, he's the Native American from the... Right, the, from the trash, the trash commercial. Just yeah. like, are you crying about that book? I saw someone litter. Right. <laughs> uh, but I was on my lunch, and I go back to work where David Barry was, and I had to go up and punch him because I was like, you were that close to making me cry in public, in front of people. <laughs> and I'm a man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a man. No stuff don't feel now. I don't feel stuff. <laughs> So that's it now. Uh, so, Kim, and maybe now Piper, because you guys have your literary stuff. They're going to keep bringing this up. We, I am, because... You guys brought it up first. We, we brought a guest, and I want to use her brain, because... Brains. 
Apparently our guest is not a zombie. <laughs> Brains. Um, you had some symbolism. Symbology. Some, some, why do you keep symbology. saying symbology? symbology. So, from Boondock Saints. Oh! Boom! Uh, FaceTime vibe right here. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, baby. Beautiful. I'm so glad people can't just, see that. Kim, just cut him off and yeah. start talking. Okay. There's an off there. There's, There's an actually right there. There. mute in there. You can even say, you can um, it's okay. Everyone does it. Well, one of the one of the reasons why I geeked out so much about this graphic novella, I'm going to put on my literary hat back on. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> um, one of the things that made me geek out about it so much was that there was so much symbolism in it. Like I said, I love reading between the lines. That's that's what made me love literature in the first place. So it's, um, I mean, you you have everything from um, her struggling to be different. You know, what is different? What is the society's norm? You know, what is she's just kind of carving her own path and using her imagination to do that, Um, which, you know, then there comes in the purse. The purse is its own character, her little bag that holds her, quote unquote, hammer to kill giants. You know, it's it's really inside. There really isn't much, but inside it's it's her whole world. It's her whole defense mechanism, and I think that was really powerful too because she she protected it so much, and that mm-hmm. was that was her. Um, so then you have uh, I had all the symbolisms of the giants. You have the bully who's a giant, the mother, uh, her friends, her school, herself, her imagination, everything. Her the ones the whole story is one big giant that she has to conquer, which is pretty pretty intense. Um, Let's see, we already talked about the silence. Um, I love the fact that she was living in a fantasy world. Like, whenever she was really, really happy, I love all the symbolism. You could see everything was drawn lighter. And all of her little characters with all the little cute fairies and all the cute um, serpents and whatnot would start flying around. They looked very sketchy. That was her happiness, just kind of bubbling oil over. And the minute that something goes wrong, they all die. And that symbolism was made the feeling get immediately darker, which then carried on into the foreshadowing of her mother and all that other jazz. That was interesting to see that side of her too, because you're not used to that light of a side. She's got that the pricklies up all the time. She's just like, not that any of it matters, <laughs> constantly. Right, when, and then right. She, when she's sitting at the bus stop in the suit of armor, like, right. Obviously guarded, like which brings up another one. Is she make an okay English exactly? Major. Which means she's you know she was always wearing the the ears, you know, pretending to be something she's not, which are little forest animals, which are very innocent. That is her playing out her innocence in school, being the child sitting in class trying to read her book and be innocent and not think about her mother or anything else. Um, but the minute she comes home and she has to face her reality, face her giants, you notice the ears are off, or they droop, or they droop. Yeah, that's right. So that's uh, that's the most gold star for me. Yay! Yay. Gold star for Kim. I know she oh, has. I, she I, has I said, I said Android an notebook like I did for Six Gun Gorilla. That's true. Well, she has. Yeah, this paper. She's a real notebook. It's, it's, it's paper. Because she. Shut up. <laughs> she's a legit English Shut up. teacher. Well, are we going to discuss all forms of symbolism in the in the story? Or no, no, just no, just, just, Kim, that. just that Kim's just forms of symbolism. Nobody wants to make it a film, Tom. The topic was I just, Kim's symbolism. I do. <laughs> I, had a, I direct this shit. Yeah, but then we don't. We don't get to be in it. I had a whole thing on on her weapon and the, and the hammer and the symbolism behind it. But I I really think that readers should discover that on their own because it could mean everything to different people. But now you have clues. You could be Polish. Look at the weapon. Look at maybe maybe you're Polish and you like it. Yeah, that's yeah. racist. Pol- right. What? What? This is a racist show. Do we, do All we, the time. Do we want to real I, fast answer the question if it's real or not? Yes. Do you want to do like a like? Well, pow. Ex- explain. 
because apparently I didn't Don't explain the whole yes no. real versus not real thing. Okay. How did you break it so, down for us? So, for example, the way we talked about Six Gun Gorilla, the way the gorilla was what he needed it to be in the story. It was the hero. It had the opportune time. It had the right amount of bullets. Its hand regrew. Like, it was what he needed. So was it his imagination that made the gorilla, or was the gorilla part of the landscape? In the same way, not really in this one. <laughs> in I Kill Giants, <laughs> this is a little bit. the titan, she sees a titan. Everyone else sees a nor'easter, which, for those of you who don't know, it's a really big storm that hits the northeast. Um, if you're not an American. Yeah. Anyway, oh, I'm not American. Then. Um, so, so everyone else sees a storm. She sees this monster. So, is the giant, you know, is the Titan real? Does she actually do battle, or is she just this insane little girl going out into the ocean and almost drowning when the storm comes whipping through? And the other idea that is this real or is it not is when she comes back, she drops her hammer on the porch. It leaves, you know, a massive crater because it's gigantic, and her friend turns and looks and sees the little tiny hammer that she pulls out of the bag sitting in the crater. Because up until that point, the little girl was the only one living in that world. Exactly. The only reason that we had an idea that these things existed was because, or existed in her imagination was because she was the only one that could see them. So when it is, gets to the end. Is it her imagination or is her friend now buying into and playing along with her? Well, at the very end, Sophia, the friend, ends up saying, like, this is what we did over summer, and she fought a giant. Yeah. I mean, you could totally tell she bought into it. Yeah. So, but, so is it is yeah. it that her imagination is now somehow, you know, manifested into reality? Kind of. But or or are there actually giants? But we just write it off as a nor'easter when she actually knew what was happening, or is this all in her brain? Her brain. Brains. So that's the question: Is it real? <laughs> is it is it real or is it imaginary? Which I mean, I feel like you can make the argument for either way. It's true. Sounds like we could. Just kind of. Well, Sorry. You can also make the argument: whose giants are we talking about? I mean, Ooh. every character. I, there, there's really no main character, really, if you think about it. I mean, it's the psychiatrist's journey through dealing with this difficult little girl who says, "Strike one, you're out," you know, and she's got to figure out another way to contact to get in touch with her. It's her friend's giant for who moved into a new place, discovered this new friend, and her friend is kind of crazy, and she doesn't know how to deal with that. And now she's got this bully on the side trying to, like, coax her into telling her. Is so it the bully's giant, who obviously is different, obviously has mental issues on her own, mm -hmm. and just wants to pick on somebody because to make herself feel better. Like, it's, I feel like it's everybody's giant in the end, which is why can, everybody sees it in the end. They do all kinda, deceptively grow by the end. You yeah. see everybody's progression kind of, I don't know about always conclude, but kind of conclude near the end, which is, they did that really, I would say succinctly as well. That was good. Damn it, this book. <laughs> so good. Right. Read it. Well, Tom, <laughs> Tom, what are you going to say? Go, Tom. Well, you know, we're kind of listing, you were, Kim was kind of listing off the characters that were kind of having different giants they have to fight to. I just wanted to add that, like, the older sister and how she had to kind of take the responsibility. Oh, right. absolutely. Sister and brother. Absolutely. Yeah, so that yeah. was definitely a, a really cool thing to kind of add in there. Her, her brother who had to keep the D&D &D group together, that was his giant. Sure. <laughs> that, I mean, that's well, a big task. That's rough. Have you, ever played, have you ever tried to keep a group together with D&D? &D? It's tough. Yeah, yeah well, Get but. several people coming back to the his, same place every week. To that character's defense, he's dealing with an older sister who's kind of going off the deep end because she has to take care of everybody the whole family while her mother's dying the mother can't take care of anything the sister's gone off the little sister's gone off the deep end and now just killed off his character which he spent quote unquote weeks on and this dnd &D was probably the only thing that he had left and then so he flips over a table so he's obviously got mental issues of his own if he can't contain his own anger so giant bam <laughs> i was just saying it's tough to keep a dnd &D group together well, that's <laughs> oh god
They should get GroupMe. It's true. It's a, it's a solid <laughs> app. Download it. That's they, what the Kickstarter is. Yeah. Real so I, I feel like it's... It. You can't, it? I mean, you can't say if it's real or not because it is. It's, you know, it, everyone dealing with a giant, that's real. True. But the, I guess the idea is, and, and you can't really answer, were there actual physical giants that she physically did battle with? Mm. Well, she did, I mean, she did deal with mental and, you know, existential giants. But who does But maybe this idea that there are actually giants in the world bent on destroying things, maybe that's not actually a, a real thing. Who knows? Joe Kelly and J.M. Ken Nomura do. Nimura. Nimura. They were probably going to say it's up to interpretation. Shut up. Yeah. I'm just telling you, that's exactly what Nolan did with Inception. But, I mean, what is real is that they all were going through a lot of, like, giant, proportional, like, problems. And, um, yeah. Oh, like, it's really up to interpretation, I guess, right? It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to just cop out, but you have to do that. What's happening right now? We're just trying to communicate what you guys, with our sound. Why don't you say it? That we're wrapping up our show. Oh, got it. Oh. We're trying to tell you that we're wrapping up. We're no, rounding, don't, no, not, we're not wrapped that, yet. That we're rounding we, third. We're we, sliding into home. We, we, need him to, we need him to push the button in a minute. Yeah, we need you to push the button soon. I feel like Are you we ready need to, to sing a quartet or something. No? No quartet singing? You, we're talking about the audience. You guys, you listeners. Goodbye. I was just going to... Anyway. Anyway. So a barbershop duet, everybody. <laughs> uh, so we what? did that earlier. Yeah, we did. So what's uh? We heard you from outside. What, what, what are we gonna do, Drew? We were trumpeting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But, okay. Uh, well, let's thank Kim for joining us. Thanks, Kim, for joining us. You're thank welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Kim. Some great perspective. Justin, you don't get thanked anymore now that you're a member. No, no, but I was thinking. Yeah, but no, but you don't get. We don't thank you anymore because you're now you're permanent. That's fine. I don't but, need praise. But now that or thanks you don't for deserve it either. Yeah. You're Batman. Now that yeah. now that no, we know it's... that people can read comic books and analyze them like that, mm -hmm. that's your job. That's going to be my job. Yes. Now. It, is, it is your to, job. To be, to be honest, he, he, Crusader. He, he did it pretty well with, with Six Gun Gorilla. Did he? Yeah. I was you. Yay. Doing Six Gun Gorilla. Uh, <laughs> is he just, just replacing everybody? What's I going just on? like Kim Moore. No, she's my uh, replacement. I'm glad he wasn't paying attention. I'm gone that. after this week. Oh, there was no, there was no one crying about that. <laughs> so, so thank you, Kim, for joining us. Thank You're you, welcome. Kim, on our discussion. Thank you for thank having you, me. As always, for the Capeless Crusaders, my name is David Barry at drberry on varying social medias. To my left, I am Drew McClintic at drewjmc. To his left, Kimberly Davis, who does not use social media as much as we do, which is probably a healthy thing for her future. Good on Next you. to her. Is uh, Tom at Tall Dark Down Everything on Everything. Next to him, <laughs> Justin Piper, that mad Piper. Ah, uh, and as after fixing his snafu for, for the kids, situation normal, all fucked up. We are the Capeless Crusaders. Good night. Killing Giants.